John the Viking Mauser here with the Get Strong or Die podcast. Today my guest is Jessica Fithen. And uh, if you're not following her on Instagram, you need to delete your account because you're not doing it right. (laughs) So how are you doing today? We're doing great. It's pretty hot here in Indianapolis, but I feel like I'm used to it now, so... Mid nineties, nothing to nothing to sneeze at. Uh, how long have you uh, lived in Indianapolis? I was born in Indianapolis, uh, so I've lived here the majority of my life. I was in the military when I was um, right out of high school, so I moved around a little bit during those years. But I've been back in Indianapolis for about ten years now. Cool. And um, yeah. what uh, what's the gym that you're training out of? The, um, right now, I train out of um, Iron Valley Barbell um, and also at CrossFit Unbreakable, which are both local here in Indianapolis. Big shout out to them. Okay, cool. Um, so, uh, how long have you been doing um, Strongwoman? So I started training um, about, I think, about just under three years ago at this point. I actually had joined a local gym. Um, in Indianapolis because I wanted to learn how to do Olympic weightlifting. Um, and that's actually why I joined in the gym there actually had a program um, for strongman as well. And we kind of discovered about two or three months into my very short-lived Olympic weightlifting career that that was not the sport for me, <laughs> not even a little bit. So I liked the weights and I liked the heavy weights and I liked all of that and the barbell training, but uh, let's just say the athleticism required to be a good Olympic weightlifter is not my forte. So uh, we kind of discovered that that was not uh, that was not it for me. So the, um, one of the the people that used to go there, John Albrecht, who was who was moved from Indiana, but he used to live here. Um, he was having a strongman competition, and he kind of encouraged me to sign up for the novice division. And I had you know six weeks or whatever of notice to do it, but he was like. You know, you're pretty good at just muscling the shit up rather than being all athletic about it. So let's just kind of <laughs> let's just see how this works for you. And that was kind of the beginning of it. They had a they had a novice competition there, um, and that was kind of how I started. Was them just encouraging me to kind of find something at more where's my speed, more to say. All right. <laughs> um, so before before um, weightlifting and um, strongman, uh, did you ever did you play any sports or anything? Um, I'm not one of those people that really had a very athletic background um, growing up. I have three brothers, um, and I was in the military, and I think a lot of that um, probably played into this. But I was never on uh, I was never on any sports team. I'm pretty tall, so I tried my hand at basketball, but that was a lot of cardio, so we decided that that wasn't going to work either. <laughs> um, but after I got out of the military, I sort of I was looking for kind of ways just to be active, and I had gone all the different routes, you know, trying to find something that I like um and until I found strongman I never ever have anything that I really cared about and that I really actually enjoyed doing so it kind of falling into my lap was sort of a, a nice surprise when you're in your 30s um and you kind of weren't expecting any of that yeah cool uh so yeah. t- tell us about your uh your military experience what what did you do there sure I am um, I actually joined the military at the age of 17 um I, I joined the army um, so I could leave home and see the world. And I am uh, was here in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I spent the majority of my military career in Louisville, Kentucky. 
So that was <laughs> that was my big giant military career. I um I got to go a couple of places um stateside. I was actually an air traffic controller um in the army, which was a really fun job to have. But my friends ended up going to Bosnia and Germany and all these really super exciting places. But I was in the military during 9/11 um, when I was working in a control tower during 9/11. So that was kind of a really interesting experience. But I uh, spent the majority of my time at Fort Knox, um, Kentucky, which is where I met my husband um, back in the early 2000s. So, cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, yeah, I'm yeah, sure you, you probably had to do some cardio then, right? I had to, I did have to do some cardio then, but the Army's uh, PT test, at the, I think it still is at least, was a two mile run. And so, as long as you can do basically two miles in a reasonable amount of time, they'll kind of leave you alone. Uh, but yeah, the, the running portion of that was obnoxious <laughs> i hated all of that uh a lot i never had a problem with the push-ups and all of this stuff is a strength base but yeah that but they, they run a lot in the military and i mean i hated it every second of that so that's probably why i didn't make it any longer than four years either i was like no and i'm done <laughs> i've run enough i'm good all right um <clears throat> so let's talk about uh what you have up coming up soon um you're doing uh america's strongest viking is that correct we're doing America's Strongest Viking on September 1st. Um, before that, we've got um, Strongest Woman in the World, um, which is not this weekend, but the one after. It's the very end of July. That's in Vinstra, Norway. Um, and that's my first um, professional um, show. That's an all-female show that's coming up. Um, so that one's called Strongest Woman in the World, and that one's going to be in Norway. And then we've got America's Strongest Viking after that on uh, September 1st, which we're pretty, pretty pumped about. So. Cool. Um, and what what uh, what events are you looking forward to in Norway? We have um, a couple. We've done um, power stairs. I think are the one that I'm kind of really excited to do. All the equipment in Norway is really really cool. The location there and the scenery and the equipment that they're using um, for this show. A lot of it's made out of wood, so mm -hmm. it's stuff like a timber yoke that you know you won't have an opportunity to ever practice on. Um, all equipment that that is going to be, you know, the balance is going to be different and stuff like that. So I'm pretty excited about that. We've got a Viking press, clearly, in the land of the Vikings. They would have a Viking press there. Um, and they've got um, some power stairs that are really high and are really heavy. Um, and we were doing stones. Um, the only event that I am personally not looking forward to, they've got a Hercules hold because I have horrendous grip. I know, you can yell at me later. I have, <laughs> I have terrible grip and everybody knows it, but... We've been working really, really hard on this event um, and practicing on it. So the, the pictures for the Hercules hold are going to be really, really cool. They've got these big giant timbers that are um, suspended up. So even if I only make it a second and a half, hopefully that'll be you know enough time for a photo op. I'm going to have them you know take a picture, take a picture right now. So before. <laughs> Hopefully there's going to be enough time, you know, or I may have to Photoshop out the guys that are like holding it, you know, on the other side. We'll see. We'll see how that event goes. But that's the only one that, uh, that I'm, 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 we're just going to, we're going to have to take it as it comes at this point. So it should look really cool and the equipment's really cool and they're doing a really, they're doing a really great job with it. So are they going to be, um, that you know of doing any kind of a uh, live stream of that or? I don't know if they're doing a live stream. Norway is about to eight hours behind, you know, depending on what kind of, kind of the country you're in. Um, so Indianapolis time, they're about six hours behind. So 
once we get there and get filled, we're going to be competing at um, one of the days that's like 10 o'clock in the morning, which would be 4 a.m. here. So that's kind of a, um, a lot of the athletes say it takes a while to kind of get used to. If you've never done strongman at 4 o'clock in the morning, I can't say I recommend it, but we're going to have to see <laughs> how it goes. So um, I don't know if they're doing any live streaming, but I'm sure there's going to be lots of um, social media coverage of it. Cool. Well, I, I would watch it at 4 a.m. I don't know. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I mean, it'd be cool, so... <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully they do make that available in in some capacity. Yeah. Um. So, what's training like um, going into that? If you know you don't, you obviously you don't have access to the exact um, equipment and uh, power stairs is just generally pretty tough to train anyway. So it's tough to train. Yeah. It's been it's been uh, it's been fun because um, my training partner Christina Bagma, who's a lightweight women's champion, um, we've been kind of going all over the place testing out different people's equipment, and it's been kind of fun to sort of road trip and go and use um, different types of Hercules holds. We've done power stairs at a couple of different places, um, just trying to get a feel for what different people's equipment um, is like, and then you know, kind of what it kind of comes down to it in the end. You just kind of you know hope and pray that you've done kind of enough for some of this stuff. So I think we have a general idea for most of it, um, but you know. It, Things like there's stones over there. I guess the Atlas stones in Norway are actually made out of granite um, instead of concrete, <laughs> which I'm told that that kind of changes them a little bit in the way that they feel, um, just the material's different. So I don't know, um, but it'll be interesting to see when we get over there just how those things kind of affect it. Um, Viking press is made out of wood, and apparently when it gets wet, that makes it heavier, and so yeah. they haven't covered it. <laughs> so you can't plan for some of that stuff. Um, but I think the variations in equipment are actually going to be the most interesting part about the entire thing. Yeah, it sounds like it'll be pretty cool. Um, yeah. So you've tried a, a bunch of different um, Hercules hold um, apparatuses. Have you tried the one from Mauser Power, the deep waters? I have not. We didn't get <laughs> down there. I know. They kept trying to get me to get down there and do that one. That one looks horrendous as well. So <laughs> it looks all very painful. Yeah. Very painful for us. Most of us that have tiny hands. Or at least substandard sized hands. We just, you know, cower in fear and that stuff. But I get so. All right. Well, uh, you'll have your opportunity, I believe, at um, Strongest Viking because that's yeah, one of the events there. Test it out. If my thumbs stay attached until then, we'll see. <laughs> we've been trying to hook grip it, which I don't know if you need to or not. We're going to find out. We think the handle is rotating and we're going to have to hook grip it. So we've been practicing both ways. Um, and that does not feel good at all. So it's not, none of that feels good, but we'll see. Yeah, hook grip is um, pretty uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't know that either because even as far as I got in my lack of Olympic weightlifting career, we just never, we never really practiced that much. Um, so now when I see people posting about hook grip and how awful that is, I have a whole different appreciation for, man, that hurts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so... What events are you looking forward to at uh, Strongest Viking? Well, we got ourselves a brand shiny new Mauser block. So I am now the most popular person in Indiana because I'm pretty sure I'm the only one that's got one. So I heard uh, that the Nationals events do have a, a Mauser block coming up. So I've gotten already a um, messages from people that, with the blocks and if they can use it and that sort of thing. So which is the same thing people do with the other stuff. But the block press um, is something that I'm super, super interested in. Clearly, I have an affinity for overhead pressing. It's my favorite event. Any kind of overhead press is always my favorite to do. Um, so 
I haven't been able to play with it too much right now, um, but I'm looking forward to when we come back from Norway, actually being able, we've, we've, we've played with it a little bit, but actually being able to load it up and kind of see, um, but I like it a lot, and I like the I like the balance of it, and I like the, the difference and, and learning how to press it. It's been kind of fun um, already, so maybe very popular in Indiana with the strongman here. So everyone wants to use it. Very cool. Um, I don't know what the... Uh block press records are off the top of my head. Do you happen to know? I don't know if there's a pro one. I think that he's going to let us separate it out into a pro class one. I think the heavyweight woman one is like 140 or 150. Okay. Somewhere in there. I think that's just because you guys did it last year and yeah, yeah. those people haven't really had an opportunity to, yeah. Except this one, I, I'm pretty sure what we're using is the full size block and not the mini block. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if there are any, um, pro women's weight using the the big one the big the big block so i'm not sure if he did that or not yeah no i, I don't, don't remember i don't think anybody um had any successful lifts with the, okay. the big block last year um okay I, I might be wrong about that but i'm pretty sure yeah. that everybody used the mini yeah. block yeah well i have some successful lifts with it already <laughs> <laughs> all, right. So, all right good deal and Brooke's going to be there too, Brooke Salsa. So it'll be fun for Brooke and I to kind of see. Um, I know she's going to do it as well. So for the two of us to at least, um, you know, be able to train that and have some. I'm glad that he's letting us use the bigger one too as well because they just have fly. Give me the big one. <laughs> <laughs> bigger is better, right? Oh, yeah. I was like, I was really glad. He was like, no, you're not using the mini one. You're using the big one. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, that should be a good showdown. Uh, you, yeah. you and Brooke head to head on yeah. Max Block. Yeah, yeah, she's great. Yeah, we um, we compete against each other in. Um, we're we're going to see each other in Norway, and we we, um, we got to compete um, against each other at World's Strongest Woman in in, in uh, North Carolina as well back in December. So yeah, it'll be fun. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, do you have anything um, booked up for after Strongest Viking? Anything you're looking at? Um, Pulling around with doing static monsters just because I like to log lift, um, and I've never done that show before, and it looks like a fun thing just to do, just once, just to say that you've done the static monsters one. So I'm pulling around with that one, um, and then um, World's Strongest Woman is going to be again, I think, in in um, December. Um, I think probably earlier in December, I think, um, in North Carolina. So we're probably looking at doing that one again. So static monsters, of course, is just a one rep. Um, log press and an 18-inch axle deadlift. So that one might be fun just to kind of do in the middle of training um, for the December show. So, And then the Arnold Pro is in March of 19. So cool. We're scheduled all the way out until March of 19 at this point. So. <laughs> well, there you <laughs> go. going on, actually. It's not that. When you separate it into, like, three- and four-month blocks, it really isn't that far away. So... <clears throat> um, so, uh, World's Strongest Woman, let's talk about that. Um, uh, what what do you think of that show in general? I um, loved um, what Lynn, um, Lynn Morehouse did with that show. Um, I, last year was kind of the first year that he had done um, like an online qualifier for it. Okay. And I really loved how he did that. Um, and I really loved, you know, when I, I think I had listened to a podcast with him um, where he had talked about the show and having an online qualifier closer to kind of what CrossFit does where they allow people to kind of compete for a slot um, from all over the world because, you know, they've got a lot of these shows um, that people want to do and they say they're strong enough to do, but if you can't get to a qualifying show in California somewhere, you may never have the opportunity to do a show. So I really liked the online qualifier for him basically saying, 
this is a way for anyone in the world, anywhere, anywhere, come and do this show and to qualify for it online and in a way that financially, you know, isn't going to break their bank. So I, I thought the online qualifier was really smart. I really liked the way he did that. I'll be interested to see how he changes it. Um, I think he learned a lot from last year. A lot of things worked and a lot of things didn't work, but um, that was probably one of the more professional shows that we, I ever did. I thought um, he went out of his way to treat every athlete like they were a big deal, all the way from Big Z to somebody who you know has only been doing strongman um, a year. Um, I thought he did a really great job with, with making everybody feel like um, they were really meant to be there and everyone was on the same level playing field. So um, it'll be interesting to see um, how promoters change the show from year after year. Once you've done it a couple of times, you learn some stuff that you do differently. But his online qualifier, I think, is really smart. And he's, um, as far as I know, he's the only one doing something like that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see this year what event he picks. He said he'll have the, he he'll have the events out at the end of the month for everyone that wants to try to do the online qualifier. So now that he's got a year of that show um, under his belt, It'll be kind of, kind of cool to see how it changes, but I was definitely planning on going back and doing that one again. It was a great time. Very cool, yeah, and I, I agree with the um, the online qualifier. That, that's a smart move, uh, especially uh, with anything that's like a, a world's competition because, like you said, there are people from all over the world and, and um, there's limited opportunities to qualify. So it's yeah. it's a real smart play to have the online um, yeah. thing. I know a lot of people didn't like that when it first happened. I saw comments and things, but really, I mean, it's probably the best way to do it um, with the, with at least the size of the sport right now. I know it's growing, but, you know, there's still limited opportunities, so. Sure. Yeah, and it, 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 it takes away the excuse of, I'm stronger than you, but I just don't have the opportunity to prove it. I mean, it mm-hmm. takes away, or even for people that there were some grumblings, you know, from people that weren't and get an auto invite and they thought they should well and you know, his answer to that was always like well then i mean show me then do the online qualifier and show me that you were supposed to be here and that you were supposed to be invited and if you don't do that then you're a coward anyways but i mean i people are, are generally adverse to change just in in general so anyone that introduces anything new the deadlift online event that he had had some problems with it but you know nothing's perfect the first time you do it but at least we have some people that are kind of thinking outside the box on this and kind of like let's just take a shot and see what happens um and see if we can't get something like this going so i appreciate the, the innovation for you know trying to make it more available for people yeah for sure like i said i'm a, I'm a big fan of of that um how do you think the uh so the judging was for that because obviously they have to review the uh, video and yeah. everything. Yeah, that was another thing that we um, I kind of, we kind of went two ways with that when that kind of stuff kind of came up because it was one of those like if people want to cheat on the online qualifier like that that's fine but when you get there and you can't deadlift you know if you're a dude and you you get there and you're you can't deadlift four hundred pounds I mean we're gonna know <laughs> that you were cheating on it so it's kind of like. Or if I faked, I mean, one of the one of the events last year was a log um, clean and a three rep press, a max. Um, you know, if I get there and I claim that I can press a log, you know, 243 times and I get there and my max is 190, it's like, well, I was probably lying on my ass, right? So I just, I don't know that a lot of people are doing stuff like that. Um, but like the, the, the deadlifting was a little hard for them to judge. And I think the weighing of the different implements and proving how much things weigh on camera is a very, very tough thing in strongman. So, um I like that he's trying again. I think he's going to change some of that. It'll be interesting to see at the end of the month. But I think he did the best that he could with 
the ideas that he had um, until he kind of saw how the whole thing ran. But I always felt like if people wanted to cheat, they, they absolutely could have, clearly. Um, it wouldn't have been hard to cheat on a video, but, you know, if I cheat on my CrossFit submission video and I get there and I can't run a mile without puking, you're probably going to know that I'm full of shit on the videos that I, that I submitted. <laughs> if you get there, it's like, I was totally did not do that. So I don't want anyone to think that I'm lying on my videos when I get there and I screw the pooch, you know? Yeah, I, I saw that, um, people were, you know, complaining about that online or whatever, but I'm with you. I think they'd be weeded out very quickly as soon as they showed up. I mean, and, yeah, it, it'd be pretty obvious that someone was full of shit, so. Yeah. Um, I mean, even if they did it really early and had time to train, they're they're not going to podium finish or anything, so. No, no. Um, well, that's what I mean. Like, they're not your competition anyways. Who cares? I mean, it's like they're going to, I mean, so, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a good point. I don't, I think, uh. Well, and I think, too, a lot of the people complaining about this weren't even involved with it, so... <laughs> right. That can be how it is, right? That's, <laughs> the people that complain the loudest about X, Y, or Z are not the ones that actually do any of this stuff. So it's like, I'm not really sure why you're so offended by this. <laughs> you don't care to be there. Yeah, so to, to play devil's advocate a little bit, I have had heard some negative reviews of World's Strongest Woman. Sure. Um, so... Um, I, the, the word on the street is there's, there's not much of a crowd at these shows. So I don't know if they, right. if there's a lack of, um, promotion there or, uh, or may, maybe that's just how they want to do it. I don't really know what the reason is, but there seems to be a lack of, uh, of an audience at, at that show. Um, what do you think the, uh, what do you think's, you know, the deal with that? Yeah. There's a couple of problems with trying to get people to come to strongman shows in general, people that are not obviously directly related to my mom and, you know, your friends and stuff like that. Um, I think we talk about this a lot in the starting strongman um, Facebook group. Um, a lot of the comments there that, you know, it, it's one thing to get people to sit for four hours straight for a football game, but the shows are too long. Um, I think you can't, you can't really get people to come to a strongman show and it, it's going to take seven or eight hours. I mean, the general population will never, ever do that. So, I mean, it was a long show and of course it went into day two and day two um, was the top 10. I think I have to go on to day two. So um, I think the shows are too long and it, it, it's part of the problem where you can't tell it really to the average person who already kind of doesn't care about it. It's one of the reasons Arnold, though, works for me so well is because you have a captive audience anyways. You have all of these people that are walking by who wanted to see it. It's, it's in a convention-type expo place. Mm -hmm. Outside of there, you know, in the U.S., I don't know if you're ever going to get crowds to voluntarily come to an arena where other things aren't happening. Now, there was a gun show going on at the same time. <laughs> At the, uh, there was, I don't know why nobody mentions this at all, but there was definitely a gun show and there was like an arts and crafts thing. So I think <laughs> some of the arts and crafts people walked in um, and they were like, nope, <laughs> they walked right back out. <laughs> so they, they did come by and like look at the stuff. Um, they had no idea what they were getting into when they walked in there. Like, I don't have any idea what the hell's going on here. But um, outside of like in the U.S., outside of fitness expos and things like that, where you have crowds there for other reasons, I just, I don't know how you'd ever get that type of crowd. Like, I guess they do in England. They have a lot of people that come to those shows. But, I mean, do they have 80 competitors there? I, I don't think they do. I mean, it's down to, you know, 10 or 12. They run right through it. So, <clears throat> Yeah, th those are all good points. Um, 
yeah, a lot of those shows over there that, you know, you're looking at less than uh, 20 um, competitors. Yeah. Um, I think also, uh, and like with, with Norway, the uh, the equipment over there is a little more appealing to the average yeah. spectator. A yeah. lot of the stuff people use here, it'll, you know, it's, it's basically gym equipment. And, um, yeah. and the average uh, onlooker has no, no concept of that, you know. Right. Um, so I think that is one of the downsides. I think the, the Arnold, they have that, uh, the benefit of being inside the expo, but they also use some pretty crazy equipment for the most part. Right. And, um, I think that's, you know, a, a double whammy there. So you get all these people walking by, then they see this cool stuff, so they stick and stick around and watch. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> let's see. So, uh, I've also heard from world's strongest woman that the, the payout for the pros isn't, isn't very, uh, isn't very good as compared to other professional shows. Um, and obviously I've never done a, a professional show myself, yeah. but, um, what, what would you say about that? Do you think that's true or? It's true. Um, I think that's one of the things, especially for the, um, the women's pro class that they're working on, the women's pro class especially is pretty much brand new. I mean, it's only been around a couple of years, so I think what they're trying to do and what they're trying to establish is something that's really impressive for the. I know the Arnold, um, the one that just happened in March, was, I think, the biggest payout for a female. Donna Moore won that show that there ever has been. I think Rogue paid her for the record-breaker stuff she did with the Stones, um, and there were some other other ways that when you know it all came together that she, I think she got the most money that a woman's ever gotten in a show so I think they're really working on that in general though if you look at it I mean women athletes are always paid less across the board um, with very few exceptions um, female basketball players um, you know all of the I think they're just not they don't get paid the same way that men do just in general so what um, they're trying to do with the women's pro class though I think is really amazing um, if they consider you know if you look back on um, Kristen Rhodes you a lot about the history when mm-hmm. she was going to shows and no women showed up so she had to compete in the men's class just to be able to compete so if we take it from where she started all the way forward to um an all women's professional show in norway even if the money is terrible um or not almost entirely um i think i think they've are they, they keep they keep progressing every year farther and farther to make it um fairer to the women that are trying to compete as well so yeah, I would agree with that. Go ahead. Oh, I'll say I would agree with that. I think I think it's definitely, um, you know, progressing, especially just even in the past few years. You can see, uh, at least in most shows, you can see a pretty big, um, pretty big difference. And there's def- definitely um, more interest as far as how many athletes are involved. So, yeah. And and once you have that, that opens the floodgate to you know, bigger, right. bigger audiences, bigger pay and, and things like that. Right. Um, right. I think in the past, one of the big problems was there weren't a lot of athletes. And if you don't have a lot of athletes, you're not going to have a, a lot of an audience. You're not going to have a lot of interest. Right. You know? um, and I think that's the first step that you have to have is we need, we need people doing this before you can make this a, a bigger thing. Right. Right. And the women's, the women's pro class especially is so new that they're, the way to qualify for it is they're kind of developing and they keep changing. And a lot of people complain about strawman core particularly because their rules for it seem to change a lot. And they kind of, I don't want to say make it up as they go along, but it feels like they make it up as they go along. But at the same time, 
when you're creating something that doesn't exist, you have to make it up as you go along. Like it doesn't, it, it doesn't exist. So we have to make it up. So we're going to do this. And if that doesn't work in a year, we might do something differently. And they take a lot of, they take a lot of flack for that, but at least they're out there trying to create these opportunities for people um, beyond creating, you know, a women's division at the Arnold pro was something that they had been asking for, for a really long time. That's only, they've only done two years of that. That's how new it is. Mm-hmm. So the one that um, I'm invited to in March of 19 will only be the third year that has even been an option for a woman. So if we look back on the history of it, um, even if the money is not great, the money not only didn't exist before, but the opportunity didn't exist before. So mm-hmm. I think it's slowly coming um, up to speed and to give us, uh, you know, more options um, than we had before. Yeah, definitely. Um, like I said, you have to have you have to have interest for any of that stuff to uh, to grow and, and get bigger. And um, but it, it's definitely it's definitely getting there. I mean, even even on Instagram or whatever. There are there's so many more uh, women involved um, with the sport now, yeah. and, and um, there's more women uh, promoting shows too now. Right. You know, I think right. all all right. that all that helps out tremendously. Um. So to switch gears here, um, we know you like to press things, and uh, <laughs> you said um, grip sure. might not be your favorite thing. But uh, what are some other events that you uh, that you that you love and some some that you hate? Yeah, sure. You know how people are always like, "Oh, I don't know." No, I have very strong opinions. All right, good. <laughs> a lot of these things, I really do have super strong opinions about things I don't like. Um, I really like Atlas Stone, um, and I really like. Um, I actually really like the Stone of Steel. We had to we had to train um, with it a lot last year, and I really grew to like it. I think it's a really cool training tool. So. Um, I really like stones, and I really like stone events, and I really like any overhead pressing event. Um, I like chuck pulling. Um, um, I think all of that's a lot of fun. It looks cool. I like any of the events where, like you just said, um, that look cool to a crowd that are interesting. Even though we know that it doesn't, you don't need that much energy to pull a medium sized truck. Um, the average person doesn't know that. They don't. That's why it looks cool. That's why you know you have to use a plane for World's Strongest Man. You have to have that much. So. Um, any of those ones that I think are visually appealing to an audience, I think those are, are probably my favorite. Um, if I have bad grip, I hate the obvious. Um, I hate farmers. <laughs> I hate farmers, and that's the worst thing to hate because they're in like every show, right? Yep. They're in pretty much. They're, yeah. So I, it's not that I don't. It's not that I hate them. I'm just really terrible at them, um, and I try really, really hard to not be terrible at them. I'm slowly getting better, but it's not progressing very quickly. So it's just it's a weird problem to have. But at um, World Strongest Woman, we had a frame carry without straps at 500 pounds, and it was just I got pretty close to it in training a couple of times. But it's kind of like a deadlift number that you just don't have any chance of hitting at the time. You just like can't. So we're working on it, um, and we work on grip a lot. Um, I really like keg events for some reason i like running with them and i like pressing them and i like loading them which is really funny a lot of people hate keg events i really like all of that type of stuff um, i like loading events um except there was a platinum plus show that they just ran that was some sort of a keg load over a really high bar and i'm not sure that looked like fun <laughs> it was like an ascending bar and it kept going up and up and up and i was just like that i don't know if that looks fun or not i've never tried to do one quite that high before but i really like loading events um, or any of the ones that look really cool, but um, other than that, other than that, I kind of take what they give me. So, cool. Yeah. 
Um, what about some of the uh, the more combat events? Have you done moss wrestling or uh, pole push? You know, I haven't done moss wrestling, but I've been training with um, Russell Mueller, who um, has a lot of history um, moss wrestling and was pretty good at it. Um, and he wants to teach me how to do that. That looks like something I would like to do. Um, so um, after, I think, um, Norway and this competition we have coming up, I think we were going to kind of get into some of that. I haven't done that one. Um, the, the combat ones, we don't get those a lot. The ones that we get, you guys doing the pull push and all these other ones, um, we, there's, we have nobody around here doing that. And I wish we kind of see some of those kind of offhand um, cooler ones like that that are direct competition with another person. Yeah. Um, you don't get to see a lot of head-to-head stuff like that with people besides like stone runs and stuff. So I think moss wrestling looks like something I would probably really like to learn at least how to do. Yeah, awesome. I, I personally love it. I think it's uh, yeah. I think it's a great event. Um, I, I actually wish that all strongman events would have one of those events yeah. within the competition. Yeah. I think that that would uh, that would be pretty cool if, you, if we kind of bring that back. And uh, they're a cool crowd event too. People really can tell. Somebody is winning and someone is losing, you know, right at that moment. So yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, and and it's it's so simple, uh, but still visually appealing. The crowd, the crowd will get really behind it, either one of those right. events. So uh, right. And um, and I think uh, you know they used to do like arm wrestling and stuff, and and arm wrestling, uh, you can get a really good arm wrestler that can beat somebody that's that's stronger. But I, I don't find personally that that's the case with um, moss wrestling and pole push. Okay. You know, usually, usually the stronger person is still going to win um, in those events. You know, um, not always the case. I guess if somebody had a lot of practice, they might be able to get the leg up on somebody. But they'd still have to be really sure. strong. You're not going to get right. Yeah, you're not going to get somebody that doesn't lift <laughs> to, to run across right. the moss board and beat you. Right. It's not going to happen. <laughs> um. So uh, you're training with um, Christina Bangma, right? I train with Christina. She's um, she um, has um, she's about an hour and fifteen minutes from me. So um, I always hear people say that they can't train somewhere because they don't want to drive or it's too far away. And it's like I spend a lot of time in the car and I spend a lot of time going places. And that's just kind of like you either. I mean, you can certainly not do that, but it kind of gauges your dedication to the whole thing if you need to go train with somebody. So I think finding the right training environment and finding the right training partner um, can sometimes be almost the biggest difference. Um, there are a lot of people that I think like to train alone, which is cool too, but um, Christina's won almost every lightweight title there is to win of every there is so far. So um, she's got a lot of intensity and she's got a lot of fight. And she's got a lot of spirit. Um, she's one of the most mentally tough people I think I've ever met um, ever. So um, I learn a lot from her and, and basically her competition spirit and things that she does during competition. I've learned probably the most from her um, how to how to compete. And if you don't know how to compete, and I think if you don't have any experience competing, um, that isn't something that comes normal and it's not natural to you and you don't know how to manage yourself and manage your energy. And so she's taught me a lot. She trains um, about an hour, hour and 15 for me. So most Saturdays I end up there or she sometimes comes down here. Um, and that, so it's been important to have um, a training partner too. So, so does that does that mean you're driving around um, Indiana with a Mauser block riding shotgun? It does now. <laughs> <laughs> it does now. It does. I've had a couple of messages like, "So when are you going to be there? Where's your Mauser block?" So yeah, I told you 
just a way to become super popular is get a Mauser block and then drive it all around. So, yeah, it's been a, a fun piece of equipment. It's been a, it's been a talking piece um, at Iron Valley, which is where I'm training at mostly right now. I brought it in there, and they're like, what is that? So it's a block, but they're like, yeah, but what do you do with it? <laughs> press it. You put it over your head. I'm like, okay, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah, the, um, the Mauser block is now like a permanent fixture. The UPS guy, though, did not think that was a funny thing to be dragging around. <laughs> so, UPS guy was like, what are you doing? I had had a log delivered here a little while ago, too, and he hates me. Every time he sees my name on something, he's like, no. So, I make him bring it upstairs. But, yeah, the Mauser blocks made me um, quite popular in Indiana right now. <laughs> well, well, you heard it here. The key to popularity is to get a Mauser block. <laughs> <laughs> I told uh, I told him I was gonna start charging like five bucks, you know, for for, for ten minutes of use there you for go. the whole thing. It's like I'm a dummy here. <laughs> so capitalism. There you uh, go. That, you might you might be able to uh, fund fund all your your trips and. <laughs> yeah, really. I know. I was like, they don't. Have, eventually, they'll figure out buy one of the buy one themselves. So yeah, we had it, and the very first thing we did was drop it on the concrete too. It it didn't. Uh, the Mauser block was fine, but the concrete is now missing some concrete. <laughs> so, if that tells you how uh, how stable the thing is, like we dropped it on the concrete within the first like thirty minutes or something, and then it hasn't happened since. But it was just funny because like, yep, now the concrete's got a hole in it. <laughs> well, you you've seen the uh, the videos that were. Paul drops it from the crane. And... Yes, yeah. Well, I asked Paul because I was like, "Tell me how to properly use this." You know, I just want to make sure. I know it's you know it's indestructible, but is it really indestructible? And he was like, "You know, you don't want to be the first person to break it, so just don't be an idiot with it." Basically, you don't want to be that person. So nobody's apparently no one's no, still still no one has broken one. I guess. Yeah, no, <laughs> I don't. Yet. I don't see it happening anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, apparently not. Well, my concrete is missing some. So, oh well. Yeah, we, we did a, uh, Hannah actually did a video where she shot the thing, so. She saw that! <laughs> so, she was shooting it. <laughs> Just don't come back at her, you know? <laughs> she all right? Yeah, so yeah. I, I think it'll handle some abuse. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so, uh, what, uh, what is your grip training looking like now? Um, if, if you don't like the, you know, the grip events, you know. What do you? Uh... I mean, what are we not doing for grip? We're basically doing, <laughs> we're basically doing all of it and seeing what sticks. We've been doing some bar hangs and plate pinching. And we've got a, a D ring that we're doing. Um, um, we've got six or eight different things that we're kind of all working in for grip. It's improving. It's just one of these funny things that um, Arnold, for example, we had a two twenty per hand farmer's carry. Um, and I had done that in training with our farmer handles, but then when I got to the Arnold, I absolutely could not hold on to these, and it was just the weirdest thing. It was like my brain like lost the connection telling my hand to grip. It was very, very strange, so I'm hoping I don't run into that problem again, but um, it's definitely a lot better than it was, but grip is a really frustrating problem to have because the, the games are slow in that, <laughs> in that regard. So I saw the events for... Uh, Strongman Course Nationals coming up is apparently like 90% grip events. And I'm like, did I pick the right nationals to go to or not? Because it's like, ugh, have fun with that. Have fun with an axle, you know, side handle deadlift or something, whatever it is going on. That, that looks awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, 
I think half the uh, strongman world loves it and half hates it right now. So. No, you either do or you do not, right? Yeah. <laughs> you either do or you don't. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, tell us about um, your Nationals experience. <clears throat> yeah, I did um, USS Nationals back um, last year. Um, the one that they had in Detroit, and I won that one. Um, and then we um, did um, Strongman Corps Nationals within Las Vegas last year, which was a lot of fun. They did that in a casino, actually. Um, <laughs> they did that upstairs from a casino, which was kind of fun. And at the same time, it was it, we were apparently pretty loud, even for the casino, with the, the, the frame deadlifting and whatnot. So <laughs> I'm not sure they're going to invite her back anytime soon to do uh, anything in a casino. So... Um, that was quite an experience. It was a pretty well-run show. Um, I had a pretty good um, experience there. It was I ended up second um, there. Um, Courtney Martin actually won that show, and I ended up second. Um, but we both got Arnold invitations from from coming from um, the Vegas show, but um, which I really really enjoyed doing. So Las Vegas is kind of a fun place. It was it was um, not quite as hot out there. I was out there last year. And it was like 100, 117 or something out there the last time I was out there. So. But we were there in October, and it was pretty good. So, GM, it was a it, it was a pretty fun show. But we got a lot of complaints about the noise level. But I was like, it's a strongman show, like how, how did you think it was going to be quiet? I mean, yeah. when they let them come here. So yeah, apparently the frame deadlifting was shaking the the uh, slot machine <laughs> downstairs. So yeah, the um, I was I was actually there. I remember them. Because they changed one of the events and and they had to yeah. put these uh, mats down, and I, yeah. the whole time I'm thinking, when she called and said, "Hey, we're doing a strongman competition," yeah. were they like, "Oh yeah, that'll oh, be quiet"? Okay. You know? sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like no one like googled that or like researched like who this was or what they were calling about uh, to kind of go and let them do that. So. Yeah, it was really funny. They had to change that. They were really worried about the floor there, too, as they, at most of these shows, all the flooring is always a topic of conversation about the yokes sliding on the floors and scratching everything up and the whole thing. So it was pretty cool. They had a their banquet they did on the rooftop of the the, um, the casino down there in Vegas, and it was a pretty cool setting. So yeah. it was a pretty good job. for Yeah, it was neat. Yeah, um... I think they run a pretty a pretty solid show uh, just about every year. Um, I think they're back out in um, Missouri this time, right? Right. Yeah, which um, uh, would be within driving distance for me now. But the um, Vegas was a cool experience now, so I think they're in. Um, yeah, they're in Missouri. I think not far. Cool. Um, so, do you have any uh, tips? Any special secrets to give out to anybody that might be interested in starting or or somebody that might be right on the verge of going pro or anything like that? Do you have any? Yeah, the only thing that I've ever found, I think, that was really helpful for me, I think having, um, if you, no matter kind of what level that you're at right now, I think having someone who's a solid programmer um, and finding a coach for you has been really, really important for me. Um, I um, My programmer is Gail Beck, who does Starting Strongman. Um, kind of moving into his programming for me and finding a coach that has kind of, um, that you, that you deal with really well, that has really great communication. He's been really fabulous um, for me. 
Um, he's really easily accessible. He's not someone that you'll email a question about a program, you know, and it'll take him a month to get back and tell you what to do. So right off the bat, kind of having someone that understands the sport and has done it themselves and knows how to, how to program for an athlete has been really important. So I really recommend him if anyone is looking um, for a coach. He has a couple other people that he works with too, um, and some online templates. If you can't afford um, monthly teaching for him, he has some online templates at the Starting Strongman store. Um, but I've got a friend right now who's just using his online templates, which are like literally like $15 or something, um, and she loves them. So it doesn't have to be expensive. So um, if you're getting serious about it, though, finding a program or finding a coach um, that can help you with some of this stuff. Um, and then finding a, a kind of a facility or a gym that kind of welcomes you um, and, and, and people that care about this as much as you do, um, I think almost as every bit is important. So it's taken me a while to kind of find, you know, that, that type of environment for me and kind of um, find the right type of training environment with the right type of intensity, um, with the right type of partners. So finding the right place um, and the right coaching um, are really probably the biggest keys for me. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, <clears throat> well, having a coach will keep you from, uh, you know, doing stupid stuff. <laughs> yeah, like maxing out on everything every day, you know. I'm going to max out my accessories. It's like, what? 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 So, yeah. So he fights that with me pretty much all the time. So having a coach that's um, really up on social media like he is prevents you from doing that too because you, if you're gonna if you're gonna stick around you can't post it right so it's kind of <laughs> so like you know dad is there watching everything you're doing anyway so I mean he's great but we have this long-running joke about uh, all of that so he's like you bet not so um, having somebody that kind of understands all of that and has been an athlete themselves and knows what like, the horror of a deload week you know everybody's like so all of that's um, all of that's pretty important. Yeah, yeah. the the account the accountability, uh, like you said, yeah. is there, and and uh, I think it makes a huge difference. And then, like you said, the gym that you're in, <clears throat> the environment plays a big role. Right. Um, and like you said earlier, there are some people that train by themselves or whatever, and they can do that. But there are definitely people that need that um, that environment and and to to be in those situations to really excel and. Uh, if you can find that, that's, that's great. Um, right. you know, and, and you might have to drive, like you said, you might have to, uh, you, you know, do a little short haul hour or two to get there, but it's probably going to be worth right. it if you're serious about it. So, um, very cool. Well, <clears throat> that's where we're going to end. Okay. Um, you have any final, uh, final words for the people out there? excited about this um we're super excited to come um for america's strongest viking on september 1st that is the day before my birthday i'm just going to put that out you'll probably hear about that a whole lot so <laughs> my birthday is on september 2nd right. so they asked me what i was doing for my birthday i was like i'm gonna go for a show so it's gonna be a lot of fun so we're, we're excited to train for it and to see everybody there and i'm really uh, honored to be a part of the show um i think it's one of the ones that I had kind of picked out that I kind of always wanted to do. I like everything about it. Um, so we're really excited to come see it. Everybody's talking about it. It's one of those shows that we've had a lot of people talking about. So um, I think the promotion for it has been really great too um, on this end. So we're excited for uh, September 1st. All right. And I almost forgot. Um, I wanted to ask you about your, your job. Tell us, tell us about oh, what yeah. you do. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here. I work for a, a nonprofit um, actually called Rock City Boxing, and we are a um, nonprofit organization that helps people that have Parkinson's disease. So my actual job away from Strongman um, is I, um, I work for this program that uses boxing um, as a way to help people combat um, their symptoms of Parkinson's. So it's called Rock City Boxing. Um, if anybody knows anyone with Parkinson's disease, um, it affects um, about a million people in the United States actually right now. So that's my organization, though. Wow, and how long? Yeah. Have, how long have you been doing doing that? Yeah, I've been here about seven years, actually. Cool. So long time. Uh huh. Yeah, very cool. Cool. Thank you. And uh, that's located in Indianapolis. Our headquarters are in Indianapolis, um, Indiana, but we have um, about six hundred and thirty locations all across the U.S. Um, and twenty-two international locations. So, oh wow, that's super cool. Yeah, all over the place. Right. Yeah. Oh wow, very cool. Right. Yeah. If if uh, anybody listening knows anybody with Parkinson's disease, definitely um, hit up Rock City Boxing. RockCityBoxing.org is our, our website. So. Very cool. Yeah. And um, if anybody has any questions for Jessica or wants to watch her awesome, super funny videos, she's on Instagram. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, definitely, definitely follow uh, Jessica. Definitely worth, worth the ad. <laughs> yeah. Let's try. <laughs> so. All righty. Well, th thanks for being on the show. Yeah. Uh, this is John the Viking with Get Strong or Die.